we we need rank to organize ourselves effectively into groups. We may not always need it, and we don't need as much of it as we have, but we have needed it. Groups that have tried to abolish it haven't worked well. Completely egalitarian communes or countries usually fall into such disorder and chaos that they don't work. So this is not an argument against rank. It's an argument against the abuse of rank. And the power component. The, yes. Mm -hmm. and, and wherever there's rank, there's power defined to go with it, ranging from the president to the vice president to full professors and assistant professors or head physicians and doctors and interns, nurses. You see there's rank everywhere. Fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. That's the most most important, most common one is parental rank. And, and we know that it has a validity, but we also have come to understand, especially in the last few decades, that such a thing as domestic or child abuse really does exist in a fraction of, of all parenting situations. And that's a an abusive parental rank. And it's an example of rankism. And we have come to disallow it as a society in the last 20 years. You also talked about in your Somebody's and Nobody's book, the different types of that we would never think of, like technological rankism and environmental degradation. Right. I mean, technological rankism is when somebody with a PhD in engineering or something pulls technical rank and just tell, says to you that, oh, you're just a layman. What do you know? Or it was manifest, actually, in the two uh, shuttle disasters in which technicians, uh, well, actually, one of those was managerial rankism, according to an informant of mine who says that the technicians were actually warning that they shouldn't launch this shuttle. It was too cold. The O-rings might freeze and the thing might not work. And the managerial people who held higher position had the authority to overrule them and go ahead anyway. And they were not the ones with the hands-on. It was no. the technicians who had In that the case, yeah, that was not technological rankism. But there, there are cases... And the uh, Mars lander was one where the technicians said, oh, no problem, This th we've got this aced, we know exactly where the, how this thing is going to work, and it didn't work at all. And they managed to cow and intimidate everyone who had some common sense, who had reason to believe that the, the rocket wouldn't work. What about environmental degradation? That's a stretch. I mean, here, that's the abuse of sometimes f economic power to force, uh, to, to degrade the environment and distribute the cost to everyone on the planet. Mm -hmm. But one corporation may have made more money by sacrificing the environment to everyone's detriment. So it's an example of c how concentrations of economic power can be rankest and can get away with it until we hold their feet to the fire, until we make them accountable for this kind of thing. And there's been progress in that regard in the last 50 years, but we need a lot more of it. How does recognizing rankism uh, make you more conscious of your dignity? Well, dignity is one of those things that it's easier to define uh, in the negative 
we all know instantly when someone disrespects us. We feel it, even if it's nothing more than an eyebrow raising an eighth of an inch. It's instantly cellular. Cellular. <laughs> and, and so we're very good at detecting indignity. Mm -hmm. And it raises the question, what really is dignity? Well, I, th I come at it this way. Detecting indignity was extremely important for thousands and thousands of years because it was a prelude to being thrown out of the tribe. And if you were ostracized or exiled from the group, from the tribe, you died. It was that important. We, we Homo sapiens, this particular kind of uh, hominid that we are, doesn't work well on its own. He, we need groups. We need to be part of a tribe. The social aspect. The social mm -hmm. for food and for love and for protection and for...